Hey everyone and welcome to this, the seventh episode of Good Friday Films, a podcast where we chat about movies with a Christian perspective. My name is Joe and I'm joined as always with my friend Tiller. Tiller, how are you going this week? Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, started back on campus again with work. Um, so, enjoying that. Um, bit of a long day, but yeah, was looking forward to recording this episode. So Yeah, me too. No, yeah. it's it's funny. It's like each week... I'm just kind of waiting to get back in and talk about another movie. <laughs> it's unfortunate we're only doing it once a week, really. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're not recording this one on a Friday. This one's a Wednesday, Wednesday, so... This one is on a Wednesday. We've thrown off our... um. But we only drop them on Fridays, so... Yeah, we only come we out stay on true Friday. To but yeah. I've, I've gotten used to, like, all right, Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, movie chats. Yeah. <laughs> but it has to be a good Wednesday. But we will podcast. be on Friday night. Yeah, we're going to do another one. That's Friday it. Nights. Um, yeah, for any new listeners, this podcast is where we discuss popular movies, plus the themes and values we can get out of them. Mm. My disclaimer is that we aren't pastors. Um, we aren't no, super sir. qualified, but we just hope that you guys can get something encouraging or thought-provoking from our discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in this episode, we're covering the movie, the newly released movie, Oppenheimer. What were your initial thoughts to, uh, before you went and watched this? Um, I was looking forward to it. Mm. Um, I enjoy history and modern history and the things that have happened in the past to shape the world the way it is today. And yeah. so this was a fairly significant one. Yeah, no, I was really keen for this. I think I'd mentioned this before, but um, I love Christopher Nolan's movies. I mean, yeah. we just covered three of them. Yeah. I've always, like, all of them, I'm, I'm you know, diff- differing degrees of enjoyment, but all of them I, I kind of rank as fairly high up there. Um, and Oppenheimer, I mean, he's a guy, you know, you do a casual Wikipedia search every now and then. <laughs> Interesting guy to try and find out, like, who he was and what he got into. Um, well, I hadn't known about Oppenheimer until, um, I didn't know he was the guy that was the chief architect. Oh, right, until, yeah. Until, like, the movie was getting, like, press and... Ryan, you actually threw the the advertising of the movie. Yeah. See, yeah. I've just seen that clip on YouTube, that recording of him saying, and I'm become death, destroyer of worlds, which is just such a hardcore line. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of my only uh, gateway into reading about him. It was a trailer for me. Um, yeah, right. I've seen the trailer. I'm like, uh, like randomly surfing YouTube one day and I saw the trailer. I'm like, this oh, is interesting. Wow, okay, Oppenheimer, who's this guy? Yeah. And so, so, yeah. Okay. So we're both pretty keen. And of course, there's the um, the meme aspect of it now. <laughs> Everyone's there? kind of talking about Oppenheim- Barbenheimer. So oh, that's right. There's yeah. that element of, okay, you know, everyone <laughs> wants to watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we get into it, let me just give a little summary. Um, Oppenheimer is a 2023 biographical thriller film written and directed by Christopher Nolan. The film chronicles the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, a theoretical physicist who was pivotal in developing the first nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project, and thereby ushering in the atomic age. Mm. Uh, This movie stars Killian Murphy um, as Oppenheimer, Mm. who you would know from uh, the Batman trilogy. He's in all three of them. Um, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Uh, There's some some good stars in this film. Christopher Nolan likes working with Emily's. I uh, caliber actors, I guess. Yeah, I would say Killian Murphy's more known for nowadays for Thomas Shelby from the Peaky yeah, Blinders. Yeah, that's right, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is probably his biggest role. Yeah. Uh, until now. So until now. Kinda, I think this is... I, I don't want to say his only starring role, but it's definitely his biggest starring role. 
Um, yeah, also starring was Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, Casey Affleck, Rami Malek, Kenneth Rayner, and surprise, Gary Oldman's in there too. See if you can spot him if you're going to watch it. Um, I didn't. Yeah. Until Joe. <laughs> I only recognize him because there's another movie that he's done where he he looks very similar in it. He, um, I, I said to Joe, he's a chameleon. Of an yeah. Actor. Oh, mate. Gary Oldman, one yeah. of the best actors um, that I've seen perform. Uh, budget of $100 million. And so far, the box office in the past week, which is, since it's been out, it's been $209.2 million, which is really good. Doubled. Yeah. Easily. Um, apparently, they say that it needs $400 million to break even. Okay. So that's like, I don't know, it costs $100 million budget, double that for marketing, and then cinemas will take like 50% of the profit. So you need 400 to kind of break even. Um, yeah. Okay. That's doing really well so far. Yeah. That's definitely going to make that back. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a bit of drama around this film, actually. So maybe before we get into the film, <laughs> it's fun to just touch on the whole Barbenheimer yeah. phenomenon. What did you know about that? Like, I mean, there's a big kind of a thing i guess yeah barbenheimer month um yeah well, i don't really do know too much about thing? it yeah okay do you know much about it well i mean the only reason it would like i don't there's no reason everyone's just decided barbie and oppenheimer are the two movies <laughs> <laughs> that we have to watch we aside to watch. from they're just so different i guess mm. just like one's like a black and white yeah sad drama piece biopic yeah well, that was and the other one. one's Oppenheimer <laughs> <laughs> hey I got him hey. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> but Barbie I think they're just so polar opposites yeah and I mean people were gen- genuinely excited for both of them yes so it, yeah it just kind of becomes a meme I guess which one do you watch first yeah okay. <laughs> that's right what order do you watch them in <laughs> um, but no there's a bit of drama around that so apparently um, Warner Brothers who is releasing Barbie Christopher Nolan, pretty much all his movies have come through Warner Brothers. Yep. Um, until his last one, Tenet, in 2021, Warner Brothers that year decided to release all their movies simultaneously, both in cinemas and online. Yeah. And he was not like a fan of that because yeah. he was a big advocate of getting people back in cinemas. Yep. Um, so he's basically, since that movie, just, just cut ties with Warner Brothers completely. Um, shopped around Universal kind of supported his like decision to only do cinemas mm. um, so that's why they're the ones who have financed this movie yeah but guess who um, is releasing Barbie Warner Bros yeah Warner Brothers yeah, and okay. so there's a bit of politics there of like well they've decided to release Barbie the exact same, same day <laughs> oh wow yeah as Oppenheimer yeah um, potentially to try and undercut its sales yeah um, so that's pretty you know a bit of drama in the what's the difference industry? in like um, money so far for, for oh, Barbie's gonna be to look. gonna be earning quite a bit more yeah um, that's true yeah let me look it up Barbie I think to see the earnings so far uh, yeah it's already passed 400 million yeah okay but you've got to take into account Oppenheimer is like a Quite a more like adult movie. I think it's it's like MA15 or something. It's a biopic. Yeah. Um, Barbie is like, I mean, young kids can probably go watch that. Um, there'll be people who play with Barbies as a that's right as a child. Our generations, well, previous generations too. Yeah, that's it's right. It's for much a time, broader so. appeal. Yeah. Um. So you, it's like you can't really compare the two. No. Uh, and they're both doing pretty well. Mm. Um. Or, like, the types of movies that they are. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. What um, 
yeah, what what do you think happened in this movie, Tiller? What's your what's your non what spoiler summary? <laughs> well, it's a biopic about the life of uh, Robert J. Oppenheimer, the chief architect. Um, he's recruited by a early high-ranking military personnel um, to the Manhattan Project, hmm. um, where they build the atomic bomb, um, and they drop it um, <laughs> on a country. Um, <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> Don't spoil uh, by the way, it's a bit hard to <laughs> spoil happened. this. Movie. It's a bit hard to spoil this movie, and that, I mean that just changes the course of history forever. That's right. Yeah. No, I mean this is it is a biopic. It is history. That's one of the things. Yeah. I think there's some elements in this that you, I guess you wouldn't know about um, if you don't know much about Oppenheimer. Yeah. But kind of the broad structure of the story is yes. They made a nuclear bomb. So I didn't bother to look into his life before the film. I yeah, kind of that's right. Like, no, yeah. I think that's good. That was, um, I guess, getting to our thoughts. That was probably one of my regrets. Mm. Uh, right before watching this movie, I had uh, there's a YouTube channel Veritasium. Not sure if you've heard of. They do a lot of science. Yeah. Stuff, okay. Yeah. And they'd release like a 30 minute video about Oppenheimer, just a kind of a documentary on him. Yeah. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and so they came to the movie, and I was like, oh, I know all this already. <laughs> um which i mean like the movie's still good yeah but it probably took away a lot of the interest because it wasn't new information for me yeah okay. so i definitely would recommend going into this with as little knowledge as possible yeah because it is fundamentally a biopic mm. um compared to something else like dunkirk which christopher nolan made yeah that's also like a historical epic film yeah but it's not as biographical because no. he's, he's kind of invented a couple of characters and some stories in there mm. whereas this is just someone's life yeah yeah i mean if you know you know yeah yeah so um non-spoiler thoughts tiller what were some of the things i guess you liked or didn't like about oppenheimer as a movie not, yeah. not a person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or as a person <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> as a movie um what i didn't like it was a bit long um, <laughs> It's three hours. Bit of a slog. Yeah. Um, we've been hitting a few of them recently. Yeah. I think it's like three movies in a row that we've watched that are... Almost three hours. Yeah. All of them, yeah. It's been rough. Um, there were too many nude scenes. Yeah. I thought so. If they could have taken that out, it would have been a oh, bit of a yeah. classier film, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make a note. For anyone who wants to go watch this, um, be aware that there is nudity in it, which not a fan of, personally. Um, I think... It, yeah, it really takes away, like I said, like the classiness of it. Um, but I've just got to know, if you are going to go watch it, I guess, about the times of when it would be, so kind of how to avoid it. Probably would recommend w waiting for it to come out of cinemas so you can skip through things, but mm. I was just like, you know, you can kind of see when these things are happening. Yeah. And just close your eyes. Um, but there's like a, a short sex scene, basically 15 minutes in. Mm -hmm. he'll meet, he meets, um, uh, a name. Lawrence Pugh's character at a party. Mm. So basically from as soon as he starts talking to her, it'll transition straight from that into a sex scene. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they have a conversation where she's sitting there uh, like nude as well. So if you wanted to avoid that, just kind of skip from when he starts talking to her at the party until, I mean, if you're in cinemas, he kind of t quotes the, like the destroyer of worlds line and then the scene changes and then it's okay. Mm. But it's probably about 10 minutes if you're just jumping ahead. Yep. Uh, and the second one's about an hour in. Um, and so this is, again, 
with Florence Pugh, he goes to visit her at her hotel. And so he like if you're in cinemas, he knocks at her door, and then it'll go into like a scene with her. And it's, again, um, there'll be like conversations afterwards with people with her being naked. Mm. Um, and it kind of cuts back and forth between different scenes. So definitely just like wait until kind of the whole context of what's happening around that scene changes. I think he says the line, like, I never saw her again. And then, like, the whole scene changes. Yep. Um, and that's probably about the scene. 10 to 15 minutes, you could probably t- jump ahead. Mm. Um, so it's just those two. Bit disappointing, I think. You don't really need, though. Like, the movie doesn't need him at all. It doesn't yeah. affect anything. Yep. It's, yeah. Didn't didn't appreciate that. <laughs> no. Um. Yes. Yeah. And then in the interrogation room as well, there's, like, a bit of a weird scene. Where... That's that's the alongside that second scene, yeah, because it cuts back and forth. Oh, does it? Two. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, what what I liked about it though was the acting was just like mm. so good. Every oh, sure. person really just owned their role, and yeah, the characters were compelling. Whether they were a villain or not, they just played their roles so well. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. there was there were some villains in this movie. Yeah. Uh, some twists as well, which yeah. are, I mean you, you don't see coming necessarily. You don't. There are, there are a few plot twists um, though. I think standout like. performances Killian Murphy. Mm. Great job. Yep. Um really I guess embodied that um tormented soul. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that the um, demons. Moral ambiguity of the character yeah yeah um, and also i thought robert downey jr did a pretty good job in his role he's great yeah yeah very different to his some of like most of his other roles um emily blunt emily she, blunt did well as well she's great yeah she wasn't in it as much i think one of the things um, i'll probably get into this a bit more in spoilers but i have a feeling with this movie um that christopher nolan tried to cover too much of oppenheimer's life with it uh like, it, it's three hours long, but at the same time, a lot of the movie feels rushed. <laughs> yeah. Especially the first half. So it tries to cover, like, a lot of his earlier life and kind of his connections with different people. And so um, there can be some scenes where it's just, like, introduce this character for two minutes and go jump to the next scene, introduce this character for two minutes, then jump ahead. And you never really get to know a lot of them very well. Mm. Um, and then the thing that kind of diminishes some of the, I guess the emotions. So Emily Blunt's character, for example, mm. I felt like that her whole story was a bit rushed in the background. Mm. I mean, it is about Oppenheimer. Yeah. But I think a big part of it is, I mean, we've talked about like his infidelity. Yeah. Um, really speaks to his, yes, immorality. Yes. Um, yeah. Who he was as a person. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't really touched on that much at all. Too much. Yeah. But Emily Blunt did a really good job, like the scenes that she was in. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed um, by the effects that were there. I mean, there wasn't much yep. for, a, for a movie about the nuclear bomb. No. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a like an article going around. Um, Christopher Nolan said there was no CGI in this He's movie. He's a real bomb. <laughs> yeah, he created a real atom bomb. Atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so all the explosives and everything were done with like, um, miniatures and like close-ups and slow-mos and uh, so I thought that worked really well. Yeah. Um, very impressive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a, that was quite a big thing. I, I remember seeing articles about Oppenheimer, sorry, um, director using 
real bomb for the movie. Yeah. It became like an internet <laughs> meme. There's this video on YouTube. I might have shown you, but it's like a behind the scenes like mock video. Uh, Chris Vanol <laughs> behind the scenes of Oppenheimer creating the nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> if you look it up on YouTube, they basically edit it together as if he's creating an actual nuclear bomb and setting it up for the movie. We have to show it to me later. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, overall, I think definitely a Christopher Nolan film. Mm. Like a lot of the um, film quality. I guess that's what it is, right? Because it's all shot on film on mm. IMAX. Mm. And it definitely has that look of just really rich colors. Yeah. Clean, crisp. Mm. Um, the music was really nice. Yeah. Uh, like the, liked the, the score. Yeah, who was on the score? Do you know? No, Did let me get, look that um, up. Yeah, because that was really nice. Um, yeah. I think there's a... They really went for a strings-only score, apparently. Yeah. Um, music by Ludwig Goranson. I think he's the guy who did Tenet. The okay. The music on Tenet. Because yeah. um, he used to work with our, our, the other guy quite a bit. Um, oh, yeah. Well, on Inception and all them. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? I forget his name. So good though. He yeah. Made, he made. Hang on. Let's look. Okay. We gotta look it up. We're gonna look this up. We're gonna take a short break to look <laughs> this up. <laughs> Hans something. Hans Zimmer. That's Hans it. Zimmer. Yeah, we yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't need to look it up. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't worked with him for a couple movies now. Yeah. Um. Bring back Hans. <laughs> but I mean, the music was still good. Like, it was still good. Yeah. yeah compelling. Yep. Um, very bassy at the start, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, giving heart giving heart attack. Some <laughs> yeah. of those scenes where they would like, sh- he would be having these like, like these visions, visions of, the of like the future mm. or physics or physics, like atomic particles and stuff. Mm. And the music was there it was just like, oh yeah, yeah. I think um, an element that I liked that we touched on is that exploration of the morality of Oppenheimer. Yep, and. I think he did a really good job of painting him in a realistic light. Yes. So I feel like it would have been very easy to just be like, this is the evil guy who made the atomic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like corrupted or, you know, he should never have done it. But instead he really painted, I guess, the, um, like the dilemma. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't talk about it just yet, but like there's a lot of, in, at play and lots of different motivations. Um, and I, I appreciated that. I appreciated that it wasn't just kind of painted black and white. No. You can kind of... It's a very. It felt like a very honest portrayal of history. Yes. Like this is who this character, this person, like close to what this person might have been like, mm. and his motivations and all that. Mm. Um, which is yeah, much more enjoyable to watch and and learn yeah. that way. What did you think was a reason they would switch between black and white scenes to like coloured scenes? Do you reckon there was like a? Yeah. So I read that Christopher Nolan. Um, he was wanting to, I guess, play with the idea of subjective storytelling versus objective storytelling. Okay. So all the segments in color yep. is all from Oppenheimer's perspective. Wow. So it's all like he's telling stuff based on what he did and how, like how he felt. Yep. And so things like, um, I mean, there's some controversy around, oh, no Japanese people are shown in this movie, yeah. even though you know Japan's the place that was bombed. But it's told from Oppenheimer's perspective. And yep. he didn't know any Japanese people and he didn't see the bombing and he didn't know any of that. And so it's a very kind of... Like that plays into a lot of that moral ambiguity because he's, he's so far removed, so from... far removed from what he's actually making and what, like it's yeah. going to ha- what's, what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, but then the black and white stuff is meant to be more objective, told with the perspective of someone else. It's black and white. It's black and white. Yeah, you it's black and white. It's it's like this is what he did. Anymore. This is what happened. 
I figured that might have been what what it was. Yeah, so I didn't know. pick that up until I went, like read. It. I'm like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. But I thought there had to be a reason, but I just in the movie I was just like, oh, I might just be to distinguish the timelines or yeah, something like that. But yeah, no, it was it was cool. It was a cool idea, and I, I thought did. it worked really well. It did. Um. Yeah. Any any last thoughts before we get into to some spoilers for the movie? No. Cool. Let's get into it. What would your rating be for those who haven't seen it? My rating for this film would be a. Seven and a half out of ten. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I said this movie was good. Yep. Um, I think some things at play there. I went in with very high expectations again. Yeah. <laughs> it's come back to bite me a couple times. Yeah. Um, but Christopher Nolan, you know, I was like really looking forward to it. And at the end of the day, it is a biopic. And it I, is a biopic. Yeah. I'd already s- seen a documentary about him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. It's a good movie. Definitely a lot going on in there and mm. very long and i probably would watch it again once it comes out so you can skip through those two scenes yeah um but yeah at the same time like a lot of the pacing isn't that great at some parts of it especially mm. if you know this like the history mm. um, but it's good i would say wait for it to come out and watch it um, <laughs> yeah right so spoilers um I might. I've I've realized over the past couple of episodes that we just kind of jump into it. So I thought it might be good for those who aren't, like who are sticking with us and aren't watching the movie, to maybe just do a quick run through. I can do it um, of what the actual plot is, what happens in the movie. Yep. Um. So the movie starts. It basically starts from Oppenheimer's time at university, mm. kind of interspersed with, um, him sitting bef- like before a trial. Yep. For like a, a a panel. Yep. Um, and it's. There's kind of three points in time narrated throughout the movie. Um, so one is that story of Oppenheimer's life from his time at university. Um, he gets rec- he I guess goes to Germany to study. Comes to America, starts a a class studying like quantum physics, like the first quantum physics class I think. Yeah, right. Uh, then gets recruited for the Manhattan Project. Mm. Um, heads the team to create the atom bomb. Yeah, and then. Um, like they succeed, it gets taken, it gets used, um, but then the second time period is like a few years later because after he drops, after the bomb gets dropped, um, that's when some of his, his apprehensions come to the forefront. Yep. And you know the the um, the United States of America weren't going to just stop with the atomic bomb; they yeah. wanted to get that hydrogen bomb yeah underway. And so a lot of his, I guess, activision, ac- activision actor. Sort of retrovision. And what's no. the word when you're activism? No, is that's it. Activism. Activism. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Activism. <laughs> All of his activism after yep. kind of the Manhattan Project was yeah. around, I guess, trying to um, get rid of all nuclear weapons yeah, and peace prevent movement. hydrogen weapons. I think that's being. what it was called, the peace movement. Okay. Yeah. So that led to like him making some enemies in government. Yeah. And so that second point of time is he sits before this kind of hidden trial. Where it's not much, it's just them revoking his security clearance. But it's yeah, that real- was a bit of a plot twist for me. Like, oh wait, what? Like, yeah. By the end, when they get to that, they're like, they're it's revoking just- his security clearance. I'm like, he he's, it seemed like they were painting him as he was like, yeah, being like put on trial. Like, That's right, but it was trial. nothing. And and the idea was that even like a month after that, he would have lost it anyway. <laughs> but they, the point was that they wanted him to lose credibility yeah. in the public, and so That's they right. did this private trial because it wasn't for anything important. Yeah, he couldn't stand in front of a jury. Yeah, 
Like, he could be painted out to be this traitor, this someone who's untrustworthy. So people would stop listening to his opinion. Yeah. Uh, and then the yeah. third point of time, and uh, this is, I guess, the plot twist, which I'll talk about. It wasn't that big of a twist, but um, a guy, Strauss, um, a government like official, mm. who's kind of been painted as like a nice guy, someone who's been helping him yeah. throughout the movie. It's shown that he was the one who orchestrated that mm. trial of Oppenheimer. In revenge. Yeah, revenge. what Oppenheimer said. Yeah, so, oh, we'll get into that yeah. too, I guess. But he just had a, had a vendetta against Oppenheimer. Yeah. And so the third point of time is he's now sitting before the Senate, I think, because he's been elected to be a government. Yep. Official. But he's being, like, interrogated. Yeah, as um, well. Again, not in front of a jury. It's just like a character, like, has to be elected. So he's just trying to get a vote. Yeah. Um, and someone brings forward the fact that he, like, secretly dodgy in a dodgy way, in this dodgy way, yeah, had a trial for Oppenheimer. Yeah, and so then he doesn't get elected. No. A bit of retribution there. Yeah, uh, and the movie ends really with the idea of like reflecting on the impact that Oppenheimer had. Like, what does it mean for the world? Yeah, um, so that's a bit of a summary. Yeah, what did you think? Like, it's it's a lot there. It's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it was a lot of jumping back and forth between a lot of scenes and, like, mm. I would have probably have preferred a more um, <clears throat> linear, sort of linear mm. order for someone who doesn't really know the story of Oppenheimer. Right. Um, yeah, it was a bit confusing. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, I think especially the first hour of the movie where it's covering his time at university, mm. it is, for me, it feels like they almost... I don't know how to put it exactly, but it's like they're trying to touch on all these stories of Oppenheimer's life. So they touch on the fact he tried to poison one of his professors Man. with an apple, yeah, <laughs> some cyanide and apple. Then they try to touch on the fact that he met this scientist at this place and he met this scientist at this place. Mm. But it happens so quickly because, I mean, it's such a large period of his life mm. that it almost just feels like they're doing cameos. Yeah. They're like, hey, look, here's this guy for two minutes. Up, oh, jump over. Here's this other guy for two minutes. And then you never see them again. Yeah. Um, what is he, he meets like... Um, a German scientist, I think is what's Heisenberg or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but you never see that guy again. No. It's literally a two-minute thing. They shake his hand and then they're off. Yeah, it's like it's just like, you know, whoa, they got Heisenberg in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they help I me. Mean, they've Einstein. In yeah. The well, how did you feel about that? Einstein being in the film. Yeah. Um, did it take you out of it at all? No. So no. I was just a bit like, they <laughs> felt like they were treating him like Gandalf. Like, it's Who, like Einstein? Yeah, like it's just like oh, every now and then he'd go and consult the Grey Wizard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> go into the forest and have some w- words of wisdom. Yeah, and then you know that'd be it. It's just like three scenes he's in, and every time it's just this, it's kind of piece, piece of advice. And it's like mm. this isn't my battle, this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like thanks, Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I I didn't picture it like that. But yeah, like, so that for me was a bit of like, do we need that? It just felt, the pacing just felt a bit off. Yeah. I think I would have preferred if it was more like Dunkirk in the sense that they just select the, a few events of his life. I mean, they did. They selected like kind of three key points and that, that's the only parts they tell. Mm. Um, a good movie that I think that did it well is the movie Jobs about yeah, Steve okay. Jobs. Yep. And that pretty much is like telling the story of his career, Steve Jobs' career. Mm. And it just selects... I think it's like three or four kind of settings throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Each around a product release. And so you just get this snapshot of who he is at that time in his life. And then like five years later, what's he like now? And it just does a great job of capturing his growth and kind of 
as much as you can within the time frame of a movie and mm. it doesn't feel rushed. Whereas in this, it did feel like, I mean, it's three hours long. It's not a short movie yep. and yet it still <laughs> felt rushed at points. Yeah. Like they're trying to put so much in it. Yeah. Well, it may have been just a massive biopic, right? Like, I mean, yeah. what was their source of the film? That's what I wouldn't. I think there was a book that a they book? were basing it on. Yeah. Okay. Written by. Based on the 2005 biography, American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Schoen. Yeah. That word was dropped in the um, film, I think, the word Prometheus. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I remember it. There was a lot going on, lots of jumping back and forth. Yeah, there was a lot of areas of his life that they touched. Mm. Um, But it is a biopic, and they wanted to give like a holistic sort of... Yeah, that's right. You get a good picture, I think, of his character. That's what they did really well. That's what they wanted to do. What do you think about how they kind of touched on his, um, like ties into communism and the communist party yeah um do you know any of that stuff before no i didn't yeah like i really didn't know anything other than the fact that he was the guy that led the team right in making the atomic bomb so that was interesting um (laughs) he had ties too i thought it was done well like again they weren't painting him out to be this traitor you know no Uh, like I feel like they they covered the the concept of him just being interested in the idea of communism. He's yeah, like I can see the benefits, but at no point is he committed. Yeah, at no point is he like I want to join your party. Yeah, um, yeah. And I liked there was a couple of moments where he starts like mistrust, like he's the people that he knows who are in the communist party. Well, he even cautions his own brother. I think at some that's point right because like... his brother says something like it was such a good scene. I thought yeah. he goes over to his family, his brother's house. And his brother's like, I just know this guy who, like, says if there were scientists yeah. who wanted to pass information on, yeah, like, I knew a guy who could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you're like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is dodgy. <laughs> yeah, very, very dodgy. Very yeah. uncomfortable, that scene. Yeah, like, <laughs> so that was well done. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, that all comes back to bite him because that's how they try to get, get rid of him. Rid of his reputation of yeah. being this guy who's a great American really he's a communist you know he's selling it yeah. out to the russians um that's right so yeah so that was that was all kind of interesting stuff mm-hmm. i didn't really know about until i yeah, looked him up beforehand yeah um one of the the highlights i guess of the movie the thing that's been pushed is the actual bomb <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of the the central aspect of it i was surprised how little of this movie is about kind of explosives <laughs> or like there i mean there isn't much action or yep. anything in this movie there's that one scene where they explode the bomb. Yep. Um, and that's like halfway through. Yeah. Or like maybe just under two thirds through. And then it's it's all dialogue. It's just mm. all talking and characters. Mm. Um, but I thought the scene itself was, was effective. It worked it's well. A well done scene. Yeah. Um, they touch on a little bit of the physics. Yeah. Not how, too much. Not yeah. too much. Enough to... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was. Um, it was almost like short like i was surprised how quickly that like it'd been built up so much of like oh you're coming here to see a like a practical nuclear explosion <laughs> yeah and it was just so brief yeah um but i heard this um uh, someone made a comment the idea that christopher nolan was really trying to capture the reactions to that like this is the first time this type of weapon had ever been made or tested yeah and he was really trying to paint like the reactions of the people watching yeah and i guess the idea was it would be like over so quick. 
you're like this massive thing it's like what, what was that what did we just witness you know yeah yeah um so in that aspect i think that was pretty cool but then immediately after you get this kind of shift of perspective and i think this is done really well where mm. oppenheimer the entire movie is like pushing for this goal he's like yeah i'm a genius scientific I'm, breakthrough yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna make this bomb work yeah yep. and it's like there's excitement and you know like challenges and you he goes you know can and we even do it? Yeah, there's subtle hints of pushback as well, even from his like fellow scientists. They're like, yeah, they're do like, you oh, know I really want to do this. Yeah, yeah. like, but it's, there's this kind of real feeling or sense of ambition and sense of like, yeah, excitement of what are we look at what we're accomplishing. Yeah, but then what I really liked was they finished making the bomb, they tested it successful, yeah. and then it just like it's the next scene, it just kind of gets packed up, taken away. All excitement like leaves. It's like, yeah. well, that's it. We're done. Oh. And then you get a sense for it to sink in a little yeah. bit. And he, you can see like Killian Murphy is starting to think about it. It's like, what actually have I done? Yeah. And it just starts weighing on him. It's like, well, actually. Warring within himself. Like, yeah. Like, this is right. Yeah. And yeah. then you get the news that they've used it. They've used two of them. Mm. And he's just like, the heck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they have this great, excellent scene yeah. uh, where he's. It's apparently based on like a real speech that he gave where he like comes before, I think, the scientists. Yep. And he's like, you know, uh, the Japanese didn't like the bomb. <laughs> um, yeah. I only wish we could have used it on the Germans, you know, making all these jokes. Was that legit? Like yeah. he said all those things. <clears throat> apparently, yeah. yeah. Wow. But it kind of cuts that with like his emotion, like it's like on the inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to like wrestle with actually what have I done? You know? Yeah. That was good. Well I thought done, that was Steve. really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I think one of the the heart like the ideas for Christopher Nolan with this movie was that Oppenheimer in real life he never apologized for like creating the bomb, um, which is something we should maybe talk about, like yeah. some of the morality behind that. But Christopher Nolan really wanted to portray, um, I guess some of the like, um, not shame, but like, like he did feel guilt. Mm. He would have felt guilty from this, and oh, yeah. I mean he demonstrated in a lot of these actions after. Words and it's campaigning against like nuclear weapons. Yeah. Um. So I think Chris Nolan did a really good job of painting the turmoil and mm. the conflict of like, you know, this guy. I mean, technically, he did something really good for his country. Yes. But morally, it was was it good? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anything I guess out of the 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 movie and the spoilers that you didn't like too much. Um. <laughs> no. No, nah, nothing. Yeah, well, I've kind of covered most of the stuff I didn't like. Mm. Um, I guess the only other thing would have been, like, Strauss. Yeah, okay, you didn't like Strauss? <laughs> I liked him, but that whole twist of he's like, I was the one who orchestrated it. Oh, I have... To me, I was like, who? who? <laughs> yeah. Like, he wasn't in the movie much before then, Yeah, you know? Mm. Uh, it just kind of felt like a bit shoehorned in at the end there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I created this guy, and he yeah. thinks now he can, like... Yeah. 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 So that was the only thing again. But I think that comes down to um again the pacing of it. Yeah. A bit of like how much they're trying to cover. Mm. Um but yeah, no, overall, good movie. Enjoyed it. Thought it was very like well done. Yep. Executed well. The ending as well. Mm. Like um really makes you think. Really makes you contemplate, I guess, the impact of Oppenheimer and how it still is sort of like it. I think it's easy to look back and be like, oh, that was then, you know, we're so far removed. But no, it's still rippling to this day. Oh, yeah. Like, um, 
I was saying to Joe the other day, it's the most dangerous time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) We've got more than 12,000. There's more than 12,000 nuclear warheads in the world. Is there? Yeah. It sounds like there'd be more than that. Like, a lot more than 12,000. Well, officially, what we know, there's more than 12,000. But there could probably be a lot more. Yeah. And I mean, these aren't small ones. Like, the one that we saw in the movie. These are much more sophisticated than they were back then. Yeah. We've got hydrogen bombs now. Yeah. They're just huge. Um, So, it does make you think they've got... There's this running thread. So, Strauss has this um, vendetta against Oppenheimer because he feels like Oppenheimer has turned the scientific community against him. Yep. He's kind of like, I know, intentionally tried to paint him to be this bad guy. Yep. And then the twist at the end is that, well, one of the, I guess, the little reveals Mm. is that Oppenheimer didn't ever really talk about Strauss. <laughs> when the people just didn't like him. Yeah. Um, and well, he was having that conversation with... Um, with Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. And yeah. so, th- th- it ends on this conversation he has where it's like, the idea that... Well, they had this this concern before launching the first nuke that the, the chain reaction of the explosion wouldn't stop and it would just kind of ignite the atmosphere. Everyone would die. Yeah. And then they have this conversation at the end. It's like, well... We have started the chain reaction. Yeah. And it could lead to everyone dying. You yeah. Know? Like that they, was deep. That was really deep. Yeah. And then it kind of paints this like, like, um, picture, this, another vision of the future of like mm. thousands of warheads launching and flying and the world kind of blowing up. Yeah. Um, definitely trying to send a message there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you kind of leave it going like, oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you, I guess, a bit more aware. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's get into some of the, the values or the messages that you felt this movie was trying to paint. <laughs> We've touched on this a few times already, but yeah, like moral, moral ambiguity, mm. um, you know, Oppenheimer, really, beginning of that third act, um, really wrestling, you know, how complicit I am I in this. People so far removed from him, he doesn't even know, like, what these people are going through or, like, how it's going to affect them, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. Um, and he really starts, yeah, that internal battle within himself. And I thought, that, yeah, like it was done really well. And um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like, um, I mean, there's the two sides of it, which I, yeah, like I said, they they painted it. They did a good job of showing us both sides of the coin. So the one side is that, I mean, you're creating this weapon that can kill yeah. millions potentially of people. Yeah. Um. On the other side, they were making it during World War Two, yeah. and there was a real concern that I mean, Germany—they were also simultaneously working on the same weapon, yeah. Um, and they had some really well-known like physicists working, working for there. them, yeah. Um, and so the concern was like, well, what if Germany makes it first? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think as this line, it's like we—I don't know if we can be trusted with this weapon, but I know for sure the Nazis can't be trusted. With yeah. It. <laughs> um, so you have this little bit of justification there of like, well. You know, if we don't do it, should they? They will do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it does add you know, like that, that gray area of like, yeah. okay, well. Why what, are you? <laughs> yeah. What's the alternative? You know? Yeah. How, yeah. Do you, how do you stop? Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Um, but then they have that moment where the, like, the Nazis lose and they still keep making the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's when it was getting like, wow, okay, interesting. And Japan like really didn't. Was it almost on the verge of surrendering as well? Apparently, they weren't really having yeah. much left in them to continue yeah. fighting. And but yeah, so it's like a it's a real um, conundrum, I guess. Very real, and I can see how conundrum. it would weigh. Like I wouldn't want to be in that position. No. Um, 
Yeah. But I do think they did a good job of painting some of the um some of the people who didn't have that conundrum well. So like there's a scene where they go and discuss the use of the nuclear weapon. Yeah. And they're just talking about like, oh we'll bomb this city, we'll bomb this city. Oh not there, you know, I went there on my honeymoon, that's nice. But this <laughs> And it's wow. just so like they casual. Don't care. casual. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a complete lack of empathy. Yeah. Um That was good. I like yeah. how they portrayed that. Because yeah. that's like I think that reflects like reality in a lot of ways where a lot of evil mm. is done without realizing. Yes. Like we just don't recognise our complete lack of empathy. No empathy at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was really, really well done. Um there was that kind of question brought up because Oppenheimer after he made it, all of a sudden he's now anti-bomb, pretty much. He's like, we don't want the hydrogen bomb. We want to really work towards removing all nuclear weapons from the world. Mm. And then he was also like, why didn't you try beforehand? You know, you had you were the one making the bomb. Yeah, yeah. Why, <laughs> why don't you stop you then? See, um, like, how it could be used. Yeah, it's like, really where is this, wrong ways? this morality come from all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, he had the, the motivation of the Germans. And I think as well, they touched on the fact that he was Jewish. Yeah. Um, and so, and he'd, he'd lived in Germany and he knew a lot of like physicists and people there, but he did have a lot of empathy for, or compassion for the people in Germany. Um, that probably would have been a really big motivation yeah, for him. Yeah, okay. Um. I didn't know who's, they kind of touched on it partly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, that was his heritage, I guess. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's like. I don't know. It's hard. It's like a hard question. It's hard to yeah. say what is right. Because like, even from a Christian perspective mm. of like, the Bible says do not murder, you know. Mm. Um, but then that whole question of like, when it comes to war, <laughs> yeah. what are you meant to do? What are you doing there? Who? Who's right? And like, are you meant to just kind of sit back while someone takes over? You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a real interesting question. It is. It is. And... I mean, we're just all so limited in our scope of reality, and mm. no one can is really objective. No, that's right. What would you have done in that situation? Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't in that situation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and I don't know if there's necessarily a right answer either. Yeah. I feel like there's an element of um, personal conviction mm. in this, where your own walk with God and your own calling. I think the movie Axel Ridge. Mm. Is like another good perspective. Um, I've forgotten the guy's name, but the, the story of this person who who went into war said, "Like, I'm not going to kill anyone, but I'll go in as a medic." Mm. Uh, but like, he, so he's a he was a Christian, and so idea of he felt really convicted. I'm going to like, I'm not going to kill anyone, even it is, though it is war. I won't take a life, but mm. I can still help mm. in this battle by trying to save lives. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if everyone did that, you know, you're not going to win the battle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So it is like a. Very morally ambiguous, I guess. I guess, though, the only <laughs> thing, yeah, is there's a, there was a, there's, a, there's a lot of what if scenarios. What if, yeah, we don't create this bomb and get ahead of everyone? Like, yeah. what if you know, Germany? There's a lot of what ifs there. Um, to prevent something else, they were like, we need to like, we need to do this, do this. This is a necessary evil sort of justification, right. and I'm. <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know if i like quite agree with that right um but yeah again, yeah and even like with japan like you see the argument of oh if they hadn't dropped the bomb mm. they would have had to invade and like i mean i think it was like two hundred thousand people died from the bombs mm. 
if they'd invaded, you know, maybe 400,000 people would have died from mm. wars. But we don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't know. You only know what has happened. I was uh, reminded of oh, The Trial of Jesus, actually, watching that film. Pontius Pilate. Mm. His sort of moral dilemma. Right. He was in how, like... He's like, it's not my problem kind of it's thing. It's not my problem sort of thing. I'm not actually the one who wants to, like, have him killed. Yeah. They want that. Yeah. If I don't give them that, then there's going to be a riot and there's going to be a greater. Yeah. Um, so this is like a necessary evil in order to right. prevent um, this thing. Like, I'm going to have Jesus killed. Yeah, uh, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, it seems like the smaller of two evils, but at the same time, it still is an evil. Yeah, well, Jesus didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. He was perfectly He's just sinless and righteous. Yeah, he right. was doing the right thing. He was loving God and loving people. Yeah. Um, but Jesus allowed himself to go through. Yeah. Because he also knew it was necessary to have it was God's will. That's right. Um so yeah, it was interesting. And then you have Pilate washing his hands, okay, like I'm absolved of this. Yeah. But he still was Yeah, you you are the governor at the day. You've been put in authority. Yeah. Yeah. It does land on you. Um, which was interesting in that scene with the president. Yeah. Um, That was Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That was his role. Yes, what? I mean, surprise. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now. No. Um, which I didn't pick up on. Um, that was done really well. And yeah, there's this sort of interaction between him and Oppenheimer. Mm. Oppenheimer. Truman. That was a, the name Truman, of the president. Yeah. yeah. President Truman. Um, where Oppenheimer's kind of just sharing. He's like, I've like, got regret. blood on my hands. Yeah, he's got blood on his hands. And the president delivers this like really awesome, terrifying line. Yeah, um, where he's like, "I think that was about you." Yeah, you think so, they care? You think they who made the bomb? <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. care who dropped it on them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like blood is on my hands, not on your hands, buddy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just so oh, much, mate. Really well done. Really powerful. I think. Yeah. I don't like again. You come out of this movie. You're really you're thinking. It doesn't make a point necessarily of like this is right, this is wrong, mm. but it shows you what happened. In yep. a lot of ways, and like this that interaction did happen. Yeah, with Truman, Oppenheimer did meet Truman. Truman has been recorded like calling him like a crybaby physicist, yeah. really not being a fan of Oppenheimer after the fact. Yeah, wow. Um, this idea that like Truman had to make this decision yep. to kill thousands of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like oh mate, it's all so tough. It's terrible stuff. <laughs> really terrible stuff. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not in that position of Truman or yeah. I think it just takes a lot to be, like, the leader of a, of a nation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, wow, imagine being put in a situation like that. Yeah, like, all right, so you've got your options. You either send in hundreds of thousands of troops who might yeah. die, yep. or you bomb two cities and kill hundreds of thousands of innocent people mm. who will die. Yeah. Your choice. I, it's a lose-lose <laughs> situation. Yeah. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, it's not not great. Um, I did think there were some... Like, I guess on another note, um, Oppenheimer did have, like, some interest in Hindu texts, which I thought was interesting. The Sanskrit uh, scene. No, no, like, so the quotes that he gave of, like... Hindu? He's, you know, the the quote, I become death. Yeah, from the s- of thing that she was showing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. it was Hindu texts, yep, I think. Sanskrit 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, That's what, what the language is called. Right. Yeah. So that was interesting. Like, I looked it up and he was apparently a big fan of like the, the charm and wisdom, he called it, of like Hindu texts. Yeah. Okay. Um, he said like, I've read the, the Greeks, but I find the, the Hindu deeper. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but he was never religious, really. Yeah. Um, but that, that kind of fascination with, I guess, the, the deeper nature of reality. Because, I mean, that was, that was who he was, I guess. He's... I guess fascinated by physics, fascinated mm. by the things he can't really comprehend. Yeah. Um, and I guess religion was one of those things, but I, he didn't really see the significance of it in the end. Mm. It's just kind of like, well, it seems, it's charming, but <laughs> yeah. he's more interested in physics. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, the material. The material. Yeah. Yeah. Not the metaphysical. Cool. Any final final thoughts around it? Um. No, yeah, what about you? Did you have a- um, the bomb test was called the Trinity test. The Trinity test. <laughs> Whoa! Uh-huh. So, you know, there's your little call out to yeah. Christianity. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that came from Oppenheimer as well. Probably, again, his, like, fascination with religion, where that came from. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. here's my, my youth pastor takeaway for all those aspiring youth pastors who want a cheeky little quote. Yeah. Um, this one was much harder to think of. Oppenheimer knew when he created the bomb... That the world would never be the same. Mm. But you know another powerful force that changed the world? Mm. Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> when he came down. <laughs> woo! The world would never be the start of a chain reaction. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. All right. Greatest, greatest chain reaction. <laughs> greatest ever. Chain, an explosive force. Still going. Starting in Israel. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. All right. Well, just before we, we finish up with our um, I guess review. Like to always end with a on a, on a high note, mm. um, with some you know some real nuggets of gold that we we take from that golden website IMDb. Ooh yeah, um, here's our, some IMDb trivia. What have we got? Matt Damon was on a break from acting. You might have heard this. Um, he was on a break from acting as a promise to his wife. We had one condition that it would go on hold if Christopher Nolan called. Uh, uh, as luck would have it, yeah, he got offered a role by Christopher Nolan. So good. He was great in it. He too. did a good job. I was watching the trailers. I thought, you know, oh, he might take me out of it because he's so famous. Mm. Whenever you see his face and something, he's like, you don't see the character. You see yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. But I like, I got past it. You watch yeah. the movie, you're like, oh, this is that general, and he yeah. did. He was a nice guy. It felt I like it was. It was good. <laughs> um, the score for the film doesn't feature any drums, as director Christopher Nolan and composer Ludwig. Goranson felt using a sound typically associated with the military would be inauthentic to musically capture the character of Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice. No, I didn't either. But the, the score again, we'll say it was really good. Yeah. I mean, you hear it in the trailer. That's the kind of that theme. Last one, here we go. Christopher Nolan claimed that the idea to cast Killian Murphy came to him while looking at the book cover photo of Oppenheimer on American Prometheus. Yep. Wanting to achieve Oppenheimer's gaunt physique, Murphy lost weight and kept to a strict diet during filming. Murphy restricted his caloric intake to a single almond per day while filming. Single almond. Yep. I mean, it has to be true. It's on IMDb. You know, they never yeah. post any lies. <laughs> but I mean, he did look skinny. He did. He, he did look skinny. And I've um, you seen the side by side of him with like Oppenheimer. He, I think he, he matches the physique really well. Oh, wow. Did a good job. Um, yeah, he really did get into the character, the role yeah. of Oppenheimer. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Celine Murphy. Oh, great he, actor. Yeah, he did a great job. And I mean, you, it's, it's a bit of a meme now, but that photo of him, like, 
just hand <laughs> to the face, kind of like staring off into blank space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. He captured that kind of feeling of just like complete, I guess, um... What have I done? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just lost in thought. Yeah. Kind of feeling complete guilt and... Yep. Um, this is this tragedy that he's caused. Mm. Right, well, that's been our, our Oppenheimer review. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Attila, what are, what are you looking forward to? What have you been watching? Well, um, we're going to be watching... Seven Pounds. Seven Pounds. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't no. watched it. I might watch it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a Friday thing for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going to watch that. It's a recommendation from our um, team leader. And so going to be interesting another yeah. sad interesting film to see. Apparently, apparently it's really depressing so yeah <laughs> i have to really pump up my mood right before but it won't be three hours long so yeah that's true <laughs> two hours and four minutes you can use the remaining uh 56 minutes that you would have spent doing something fun <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna watch that um beyond that um yeah i'm not sure what about you is there anything you'll look forward to um well i'm going to watch barbie this weekend with yeah. my wife so mm. Won't be alone in the cinemas. Have an excuse to be there, but when looking forward to it. it. When? When? Yeah. This Sunday. Sunday after church. Yeah. Gonna go. I've heard it's funny. I'm looking forward to um, seeing Ryan Gosling mm. doing some some good acting. <laughs> Not gonna take it too seriously, but you know it's getting yeah. good reviews. Yeah. Can to see what it's like. Yep. Everyone's Movie. rocking up in pink. And- <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. Apparently, people are dressing up. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, movie I watched recently though, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Not sure if you've heard of it. Oh. By Nick, uh, Nicholas Cage stars in it, and he's basically acting as himself. Yeah, but like a fictional version of himself. Yeah, okay. That was fun. Yeah, it's just a meme on himself, essentially. Like, a little bit, yeah. Just making fun of himself, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit um meta, so it's kind of like a movie about him making this movie that you're watching. <laughs> um, but like it was funny. It's it's a comedy. Yeah, and but some surprisingly good performances. Pedro yeah. Pascal's in it. Yes, yeah. Uh, they both do a really good job. I felt um, yeah, so. It was good fun. Nothing mm. like nothing to write home about. Yeah. Nothing amazing, but a good time. Comedy. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening once again, everyone. Um, if you wanted to get in contact with us, you can find us at goodfridayfilms.com or send us an email at goodfridayfilmspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we are Good Friday Films on pretty much every social media platform we'd love to hear from you send us um, movie recommendations send us your thoughts uh, and yeah let us know what you'd like us to review next um, yeah see you guys uh, next time for another good Friday another good film yeah we'll be yeah. discussing 7 pounds woo bye <laughs>